Welcome to the podcast Israel and Christians Today. This podcast is brought to you by Christians for Israel International. Join us on a journey as we explore and discover God's love for and His promises to Israel and the Jewish people. Our goal is to understand Israel and world events from a biblical perspective. Enjoy this new podcast episode. Well, welcome to this episode of Israel and Christians Today podcast series brought to you by Christians for Israel. In these bi-weekly podcasts, we'll be exploring current affairs concerning Israel and the Jewish people from a biblical perspective. My name is Andrew Tucker, and I uh, am living in the, the Netherlands where uh, we are recording these series. I've been living here for about 30 years, and I've been privileged to be working with Christians for Israel for the last 15 years. The purpose of these podcasts is to explore God's purposes with us, with the world, and, and using and seeing the world through the lens of Israel and the Jewish people, because we believe God is a God of history. We believe God is faithful to his promises as declared in the Bible to the Jewish people. And we believe God is bringing the Jewish people home to the land in our generation. Indeed, the last hundred years, you might say, has been a witness of the miracle of the return of the Jewish people. Now, the New Testament talks about a mystery uh, of the connection between Christians and Jews, between the church and the Jewish people, or Israel. In Ephesians 3, Paul talks about the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to past generations, but has been revealed by the Spirit of God through apostles and prophets, the mystery that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel and members of one body, sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. But what does Paul mean by Israel? What does all of this mean in practice? Is the modern state of Israel perfect? Does it mean the Jewish people have a right to the land? What about the Arab Palestinians and other non-Jews in the land? And who are the Jewish people? Well, these are the kinds of issues we're going to be exploring in these podcast series with guests who will bring particular areas of expertise uh, to bear on these issues. And I'm really delighted that in this first podcast, uh, my guest is my very good friend, Johannes Gerloff from Germany, living in Israel now for many years. Uh, Johannes is a unique person. He is multi-talented, multifaceted. He's a theologian. He is a journalist. He's a writer. He's a speaker. He's an expounder of God's word. And I, what I appreciate so much about Johannes is he is a, a living witness of what it means to be a Christian in this world. Uh, and we have the privilege of being able to share so many aspects of our connection as Christians with Israel. So I'd like to welcome you, Johannes, to, uh, to this podcast series. Johannes, uh, let me start just by asking you a question. You're a German living in Israel. Why on earth would you, as a German, want to live in Israel and what what motivates you to be connected with Israel? 
First of all, I have to say that's a question I'm asking myself over and over again. Um, I, I grew up in the Black Forest. I studied theology, obviously, to either become a pastor or a, um, a teacher in, in a Bible school or in a, in a congregation. During my studies, I got to know my wife, who is from Czech Republic. So during that time, it was the 1980s, it, it opened up the, the question whether we, we moved to Czech Republic, we lived there for some time. And the other option we had was uh, going into Tanzania to be a teacher to teachers, to educate teachers uh, within the, the, the Christian context there. And um, so, so Israel was not my main topic. But obviously, it is for, for a German, it should be a topic from my point of view. And um, there is also an, an, a certain inheritance for my grandparents already. My grandfather had contacts to the first, we, we would call them today Messianic Jews. At that time, we called them still Jewish Christians. Um, and I don't know whether you know, but in the 1960s and 70s, there was a German-speaking a Jewish Christian congregation in Jerusalem. So um, there were quite some Jews who survived the Holocaust. Actually, if you look back in, 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 we talked today about 6 million Jews who were killed, maybe it was 7 million, it's only estimates. But of these 6 million, about 500,000 believed in Jesus as the Messiah. So to, to have Messianic Jews in that, or Jewish Christians in that context was not that extraordinary. And um, my grandfather already had contacts. And for me, it, it developed like that. It developed that after my, my high school exams, I worked for one year in Israel with Holocaust survivors. And, and then when I got to my, know my wife, it was in my heart that she kind of, uh, could share that with me because she came from a Czech background that is, is totally different. And um, so after the studies, when we didn't really know what to do now, there was an open question, Germany, Czech Republic, Tanzania. Um, I said, okay, if we have some time off, I'd like to take you to Israel. And in a way it developed, it didn't work out then at that time, but it, it developed step by step that I worked with an aid organization. Later on, I was for 18 years a professional journalist. And um, since 2016, I, I turned around this uh, journalist and theologian, again to theologian and journalist, um, because I think it's the Bible that changes our lives and that makes world history. It's not theologians, it's not politicians. Um, that was that was kind of my bottom line that came out of this profession. Um, so, and, and also my first love was was the Bible, but the, the the basic intention did not change, which which was to help people like you and help people like our listeners to better understand what's going on in the Middle East. Okay, thank you. So, how did that impact you when you started living in Israel? How did that impact your Christian life, your Christian identity? Um, how, how does that work? Was it an important part of your growth as a Christian? And how, how does that affect the way that you look at God and, you know, your own calling as a 
as a Christian? I think it still impacts, and I'm not at the end of my way. Mm. I can look back to some uh, decades in the meantime, and it certainly changed a lot. It changed a lot, for example, if we take it for granted, maybe you Dutch people not so much, and, and you as a migrant, and we're certainly not coming from Australia to Holland, uh, um, but we as Germans take it for very granted that there is one language, and that one language is the biblical language, because, I don't know, Martin Luther translated the Bible, and, and that's the Bible. Right? Um, the first impact really was to learn Hebrew and to see that each language has its own atmosphere. You cannot simply translate. There are things, there are issues, there are feelings, there are atmospheres, there are settings you have to understand in a certain language. And with each language comes a certain way of thinking. And, and that was a discovery for me. And I think there was a purpose behind it that God revealed his word in Hebrew. And also later on, when he made it accessible to us non-Jews um, through Greek, it, it is the Hebrew thinking that is the background. Therefore, I'm, for example, to give you a concrete example, I'm not so much into it if Christians come now. We have to understand the, the Old Testament through the eyes of the New Testament, because then it's the question, through which eyes do you understand the New Testament? If that's Greek philosophy, it's already um, a, a way into the wilderness, I would say. that. So it, I think there was a purpose that God revealed this word in Hebrew, and then from this Hebrew thinking, opened it up into the Greek language. And also, that was the other discovery. I think the, it's not just a biography that forms a theology, but it's a, a landscape. It's a geography that formed the revelation of the word of God. And we as Christians, for a vast part, simply ignore it the Holy Land, and say now, we have the Bible, and it doesn't matter whether it's in Israel or in Germany or in Holland or in America or in Australia, but I think it makes huge differences. So, Johannes, that opens up a very interesting line of thought, and that is that, um, you know, for, for 2,000 years almost, the, the Holy Land was under the domination of a series of empires uh, of different kinds from the Romans right through to the Ottoman Empire. Mm -hmm. um, and in a way, you could say that over the last hundred years, the land is being liberated. The Jewish people are returning to the land. Just, and that opens an opportunity, doesn't it, for us as Gentiles to rediscover the significance of the land for our understanding of, of, of who God is. So, I mean, is there a connection between the restoration of the Jewish people to the land and this new understanding that we can have by, by, by as, as you say, looking at the land, the language, the, the, the geography, which I think for many you know, generations was kind of closed to the outside world. Now we can participate, we can discover. You can even live in the land, which might have been impossible 
for for previous generations. Is that some? Do you think that's kind of God working to um, bring new revelation to the church to help us really understand what our calling is? It's a tricky question. I do not feel in a position that that I say that God is bringing revelation through me no. to the church. Um, I think also we have to tell our listeners that we, we agreed in advance that we can contradict each other. And I would, would say the last empire wasn't the Ottomans, but the British. And uh, it, it changed the thing. It changed the thing for you as an Australian. For you, it was pure liberation. For me as a German, there were Germans who came under the Ottomans to the Holy Land and lived there and prepared something. And they had to leave when the British came because of what happened. So it, therefore, I think it's also very interesting that we look at Australian and, and uh, German at this whole impact. And yes, I'm absolutely sure, I'm convinced that God is making history, that God is the one who, who makes migrations, makes nations migrate. And um, in, in all this, we see the nation of Israel being dispersed all over the world and uh, during the past 20, 20, 50 years being regathered into the land in different ways, waves and different ways. So, um, uh, yes, I'm absolutely convinced. And, and that is actually one of the challenges I think uh, we face today to rediscover that God is making history and that he did not just once 2,500 years or 2,000 years ago speak through the prophets and then later on through Messiah to us, but that he speaks today and he uh, prepares the nations for something uh, towards a goal. And, and I think we have to respond to that. I think we have, should understand, we should challenge ourselves to understand and, and um, ask ourselves and also how do we have to respond. So many Christians would say that, um, you know, when, when, when Christ, when Jesus came and was crucified and died and was basically rejected by the Jewish people, you know, that was the end of his dealings with the Jewish people and the church became the new uh, people of God. So the modern phenomenon of Israel and the Jewish people is just a political thing. Uh, it might be important, but it, it doesn't have any special biblical significance. I think it that's a common view. How, how would you respond to that? I think it is, first of all, if we go back in history, we have to see that the Bible itself, and I mean the Old and the New Testament, never ever says that the term Israel but God's election of Israel and God's promises for Israel have changed. That was an invention of the non-Jewish, we would say Gentile Christian church. And that's one point um, where, where we have to, to, to see and to, to work afresh how, uh, how do we understand the word of God. But Andrew, I'd really like to know, before we get into these issues, how, uh, first of all, where you come from, and I would like to know 
you were sitting still in Holland. I mean, I got stuck in Israel, um, and I'm more or less an Israeli today. But uh, what what made you also in your lifeline? What challenged you to make Israel such a topic that more or less today it's your the content of your life? Yeah, well, I must say, Johannes, this whole topic of Israel has taken me by surprise. Um, you know, what I look back and I can see God's hand in it. When I grew up in Melbourne in Australia, I uh, we used to pray for Israel and the Jewish people. We had a prayer book that my forefathers used already back in the 1830s. And they were praying for the restoration of the Jewish people to the land in the context of prayer for the coming of God's kingdom, for the return of Jesus Christ, for, uh, you know, for God to be, to be building and continuing his, his work. Now, I didn't really understand it at that time. And I would pray those prayers, not, not every day by any means, but we would pray them from time to time. And uh, another thing that when I look back, I realized I had a lot of Jewish people uh, in my surroundings. <clears throat> Melbourne has one of the, in fact, I think it might even be the largest community of Holocaust survivors outside Israel. Uh, a lot of Jews fled to Australia either before or uh, after the Second World War um, and made their way to different parts of Australia, Hungarian Jews, German Jews, um, from, from many parts of, uh, of Europe. And I, I loved to talk with a lot of these people, many of them elderly. And I think that sort of formed in me uh, an interest in the history of the Jewish people. Now, then I launched into my legal career and I got involved in law and gradually international law. My, my passion is international law. I studied, I wanted to go to Europe. I wanted to understand European history. I studied international law at Oxford and I worked uh, in law firms. And then I met my wife who is Dutch while I was living in the UK we got married in the early 90s and I moved, we moved to Amsterdam and lived in the heart of Amsterdam, very close to uh, what was a very Jewish area of, of Amsterdam. So that exposed me to, uh, to Dutch Jewry and the history of the Second World War and so forth. And as it turns out, my wife's father was the founder of Christians for Israel. And I became involved and to be quite honest with you, um, I was confused. I didn't understand modern Israel. I couldn't place it biblically or politically. And I thought for Christians to be involved in the modern uh, question of Israel, I thought was, was politics. And I was very unsure about how to, to, to see that and whether indeed to be involved. Um, but step by step, I went to Israel. I started to learn more about the history of the modern history of the Jewish people and Israel. 
And that's when my journey really started to, I think, put the pieces together. And like you, you know, I'm really on a journey to try and put all of this together. But what's clear to me, and this is maybe a note we to, you know, finish off this, this first episode, is that to me, this whole thing is demonstrating God's enormous plan, a beautiful plan and love for this whole world. And he loves you and he loves me and he loves every nation and he wants to bring the, the world, the earth, to this place where it will glorify his name. You know, I used to think that it will all happen in heaven one day. That's where it's all going to happen. But actually, the Bible tells us that God's glorifying his name on, on earth. And, and I think that's the mystery of Israel for us. And that's what we're going to explore in the coming episodes. So, Johannes, thank you. And look forward to joining you next time. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. We'd like to connect with you online. Find us on Facebook, visit our YouTube page and check out our website. For now, thank you for listening and we'd like to see you next time. May the peace of Jesus, our Messiah, be with you. Bye-bye.